This is a WKYT podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Victor and Andrea. Andrea, how's it going? Good. I I like your podcast voice. Oh, because yeah, it changes because we're literally just sitting here talking. And I, sound, yes. I sound like me and then suddenly I turn into podcast Victor. And that reminds me of The Bachelor this week. Because oh, did, were there some big happenings? There was a lot of drama over a pageant girl that they said was fake because her voice oh. changes in certain situations. And, and you she, identified with her? And she acts different when the cameras are on. I'm like, well, I don't know anybody like that. Do that. But no, but seriously, you know what I mean? Like, if you were on national television and yeah, you saw a camera me. on you, you would probably, like, try to straighten up and, you know, suck it in. You know, like, that. I think it's normal to... Not, I don't think that's being fake. I we think all that's wear just, different masks. Yeah, I just... Yeah. It, it bothered me that they were coming at her so hard. And she is annoying. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not saying she's not annoying, but, like, they were, like, acting like she was evil and, like, you know, a bad guy, villain. And I'm like, she's not a villain. I'm like, a person can be annoying and not a villain. Sorry, I just went down a different rabbit hole. Uh, no, anyway. I, like, I like that path. That yeah, that, uh, I wasn't expecting Bachelor talk right off the top, but I can tell you're very passionate about this. Well, it just reminded me. I'm like, everybody's a little bit fake sometimes. Yeah. And that doesn't make you a bad person. No, I agree with that. And, and if, um, you know, sometimes people are a little too unguarded and then, then you know, they get called out for that. So You, you can't win. Can't, you can't win. Exactly. You can't win, people. Uh, so today is, I would say, one of our first kind of serious podcast yeah, i mean it's it's we're you know this diverging. isn't really like a jokey lighthearted type subject but it, it's a really good discussion and i'm i'm glad we did this mm-hmm. uh, this is a, a program and i'll credit darnell crenshaw with helping us set this one up mm-hmm. uh you know he, i think all three of us actually you probably did a story on I've on natalie's before, sisters yeah. i did as well and so did he and because it is human trafficking awareness month so we've kind of Connected with this group that helps with you know you know something that people don't realize is an issue here. Yeah, and and, and so so we're talking uh, with Janie Lewis with Natalie's sisters. They um, reach out to um, women on the street, uh, you know, involved in prostitution. They go into um, adult clubs yeah. and um, connect with those women. You know, sometimes they need help, and they just try to get them the resources. Uh, as she as, as she'll she'll explain, they're kind of their their first touch as far as um, getting them help if they need it. They're step one on a Mm -hmm. 12-step program, basically, if you want to, you know, kind of look at it that way. So we are really excited to um, be able to shed some light on this Mm -hmm. and just educate people and, you know, introduce you all to an awesome organization. So enjoy this week's podcast. Let's go. We're getting started here. We are joined today by Janie Lewis. Janie, thanks for coming in to join us. Thanks. Glad to be here. Well, she's, I don't know if glad is the word. She's nervous to be here. <laughs> Reticent. I'm glad there's no camera. I know. Most people, that's that's their favorite yeah. part about podcasting. Yeah. It's nice for us, too, because we yeah. don't have to worry. That's true. But um, so we have gotten to know you through your work at Natalie's Sisters. So first, for anyone out there that doesn't know what that is, mm-hmm. any of our listeners, um, kind of just explain what you all do. Natalie's Sisters is a first touch ministry that uh, was started 20 years ago. Uh, and we reach out to and try to help sexually exploited women in central Kentucky. And when you say sexually exploited, kind of break down what that is. You know what okay. I mean? Okay. So an international issue, sexual exploitation as defined by the United Nations, okay. is transactional sex or solicitation of transactional sex in an exploitive relationship. Women in prostitution and adult entertainment fall into that category, and those are the women that we're reaching out to because of their vulnerability and involvement in high-risk transactional work. Right. And, I mean, that makes perfect sense, obviously. Yeah. Um, 
And you all have different ministries, right? Mm-hmm. Different ways that you connect. I know right. there's a street team that actually uh-huh. goes out. Uh, and the mm-hmm. church ladies. I'm, I think yeah. some people know you all as yeah. the church ladies. They actually do. We've been in the clubs for 20 years. We started in 2000. And um, about the third or fourth year, we actually, they started realizing who we were. Because mm-hmm. we don't go in and preach or hand out tracts or do any of that stuff. So they finally figured out we were a bunch of ladies from different churches and started calling us the church ladies. So my daughter and a group of her friends actually for Halloween one year dressed up as, you know, Saturday night church ladies <laughs> oh, to it. deliver their food. So, yeah, that's kind of stuck ever since. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. How did you get started in this? Um, I was in outreach at, well, actually I wasn't in outreach. I was in women's ministry at the time at Southland Christian Church and determined that my daughter and another friend and I were having lunch one day and we just talked about what we felt like we were being called to do. And for various reasons, all of us felt like we wanted to reach out to this particular audience. And uh, we called, my son at the time was a bouncer in one of the clubs. And we called him and said, how can we get involved? Because we really want to reach out to the ladies. We feel like... uh, there, for various reasons, again, this is where we want to be. And he just uh, made arrangements for us to bring dinner in. That's how we got started. And and how are, how are you received when you go in and, and start talking to very them? Very well. The, you know, in the very beginning, they kind of looked at us like we were crazy. Um, but once you start taking fried chicken and homemade banana pudding to, uh, you know, to anybody who's hungry, you know, it, it opens a lot of doors. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That, yeah. And, and then <laughs> one of the things you mentioned, um, I guess you all also help out people who are potentially being trafficked. Mm-hmm. Uh, how common is that around Kentucky? It's one of those things a lot of people don't think about, but I mean, you know, we were talking about just the other day, there was somebody uh, arrested for something, you know, mm-hmm. similar. Oh, they don't think it's happening here. No, nobody right? believes that it is. Um, well, trafficking is, um, it, it either is for, by forced fraud or coercion. Mm-hmm. And those are pretty broad terms. So it's not like you're being tied up and thrown in the back of a car and driven across state lines. And that's what everybody's um, perception of trafficking is. So in that case, it is still happening, but not on the scale that we see uh, actual trafficking happening in Kentucky. A lot of it is through street prostitution, again, in the clubs, um, massage parlors, uh, hotels. Uh, it's it's everywhere. It's in every town. It, it's just not seen. It's inv- invisible. And, in, and like you said, sometimes people think of you know somebody possibly being um, imprisoned or, ca- or kept someplace, but sometimes it's people who just feel like they can't leave. Is that right. kind of the, uh-huh. how that works? Yeah, there's a uh, Stockholm syndrome. You oh, know, yeah. there's a lot of um, a lot of women. Uh, they, what's called they're they're wooed by what's called a Romeo pimp, and it's a guy that convinces them that mm-hmm. you know he's going to marry them, and this is the life you know that he's going to give them, and then it's not at all what happens. Right. Yeah. You know, she's convinced that she has to pay back or help the family, or or it's a lot of that coercion relationship coercion. So once you all make contact with somebody, I guess, how does how does that um, relationship develop from there? And then how do you help them, you know, move on? Well, we have a, like Andrea was saying, we have several different ministries. So in the club ministry, we're basically in once a week, we take in a home cooked meal. Uh, we develop relationships with the ladies. And then if they have something that they need help with, then they know they can call us. They've got a phone number, they can call us. Um, on the, in the street area where the women are involved in street prostitution, we have a drop-in center and we're open four days a week, and they can come in for breakfast and lunch, and they get a snack bag to take home with them. But we're basically there to provide hope and encouragement um, and to listen to them, an awful lot of listening, and a safe place for them to be for those four hours a day. And then we have a client coordinator who helps with any kind of resources they need. If they need to see a social worker, get into counseling, uh, get an ID, you know, those are all very first basic steps. So that's why we call ourselves a first touch ministry. We're there at the very beginning to help them with what they need 
to uh, make that first step. Just give them a pathway forward. Just present them with options. It's a long path, but we're the first step. Right, and such an important step. And that takes trust. It takes trust. It takes a whole lot of bravery on Mm -hmm. their part. Uh, We have four ladies who are in uh, short-term rehab this week and one in long-term. And that's just to even make that call to go to a 28-day program is huge. Do you see any similarities between the women that you help or like maybe like what is it that that puts them in the position that they they've you know found themselves in? There's a lot of child abuse, there's mm-hmm. a lot of um child sexual abuse. Um but again, there's not it's not always that way. It's right. uh, in the clubs it's a lot of single moms. Yeah. Um I actually was in the clubs when I was a teenager as a single mom. That's what gave me the the desire to reach back out as mm-hmm. as I was older. Um, and I came from a great home, great parents. I grew up close to where where you live. Um, my parents were there. I just uh, decided, took a wrong step, you know, and, and became a single mom. And then I was too proud to reach out to my parents for help. So I thought, oh, this is a way I can make money. And then I got involved in that world for a few years. And uh, so it, it's, it runs the gamut, but there is an awful lot of abuse and, and that sort of thing as well. Well, for so many people, I mean, you know, it's called what the the world's oldest profession. Profession, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, for women, and mm-hmm. and it's almost like you're still working, and and mm-hmm. you're going to do whatever you have to do sometimes for your kids, right? You know what I mean. So I, it always bothers me when people will just judge people, right? Because I'm like, you don't know where where yeah. they are, or what they have at home, and yeah. just to think that like they're doing this to feed their child. That's that, and that is the truth for a lot of the women that are in the clubs. Mm-hmm. The ladies that we work with on the street don't most, for the most part, don't have their children anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. there's a lot of that just because they don't have a, a stable place where their kids. Can most of them are to. homeless, yeah. and most of them have lost their children due to due to uh, various reasons. But a lot of it's the drug situation. What kind of, um, I guess, uh, success stories have you all seen? I mean, do, do people keep in touch after mm-hmm. they start getting mm-hmm. on that road? Yeah, we do. We actually, um, it, it can be really depressing sometimes to look at. Every day, it's, it's you know, you're going through the same steps. Um, so we have a, we actually have a database of about 800 women we've worked with um, that have been involved in street-level prostitution or um, hotel escorting, that sort of thing, since we started keeping our database in 2016. So there's like 800 women. And so I really started um, looking at that list. Uh, we had about 25 who have died. And so we've got them highlighted so I can tell pretty quickly who they are. But then, then you start looking and you go, I've got to do something to figure out if anything's happening. So we went back through, and I have, unfortunately, the women who have passed are in yellow, and then I've got what I call the ladies in blue. And the ladies in blue are the ladies that we know are doing well. And uh, we redid that list the other day, and I've got 64 women on that list. Oh, that's wonderful. So, and and they may not be doing as well as what what we would hope our right. children or somebody would do, but they're not working, and they're, they're, them. they're clean, and they're not working. Yeah. Right. And I have to on imagine. The yeah, that's what you say when you say not working. Yeah, yeah. that's what you mean. That's hard to do. I mean, it's huge. You know, especially you. I think obviously you have such a unique, you know, ability to connect with these women, <laughs> which I'm sure is part of the reason they trust you and are willing to speak with you openly. Like, how did you get out? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they have an example. Yeah. Well, it gives me a little bit of street cred, but yeah. I was I was only in the clubs, which is very very minor very compared to what yeah. most of our ladies um, are going through. I didn't I didn't go through most of what any of these ladies have been through. Right. But just the fact that that I have that gives me a little bit of street cred. But we have an amazing group of volunteers that work with us that are non judgmental and they're just awesome ladies that just want to love these women. So, um, just being able to listen and and love them is uh, that's really what they need. 
I just can't imagine, yeah. you know, I'm sure there are people that walk into a club and they see mm-hmm. the church ladies right. in quotation marks and they're like, what is, am I, I in the right place? Yeah. Like, yeah. what's the reaction that, I know. I that know. they get? I mean, I know. and just the fact that they know where the clubs are, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? You wouldn't even think that, that yeah. what, what makes these women want to do this? Makes them want to work in the clubs? No. What makes the, the volunteers oh, want to do oh. it? Yeah. Um, you know, I just think it's, it's what God's done for them. They want to do for somebody else. Yeah. You know? It's that simple. Simple as that. But you don't preach at them. And I think that's another key thing that, you know, helps them at least feel more comfortable. Now, we're real careful about that. Um, We we do ask that everybody that works with us one-on-one is kind of on the same page with us because we don't want to confuse the ladies. Mm -hmm. But um, if they come to us, we'll talk to them. If they want to pray, I mean, I've seen one of our team leaders on their knees in the dressing room praying with somebody because they asked them to. Right. Um, but she would never have instigated that, you mm-hmm. know. So um, we're just there on whatever level they want us to be involved. Yeah. And I'm sure it's it's difficult sometimes to trust someone. Like, there are no strings attached to your all's help. Right. Especially since you're just, you, like you said, the first step. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm sure many of them have never had anyone who just was like, I, j- I just want right. to feed you. I yeah. just want to be here if you need someone to talk to. Yeah, there are no strings attached. And that's that's huge. That's mm-hmm. huge. Do you, yeah. all, do you all ever get called um, by police who say, hey, we, we've, mm-hmm. you know, we're involved in this. We've got somebody here who think mm-hmm. could, could talk to you all. How does that work? The police regularly drop girls off to us, um, or they'll call us and say, you know, we talked with so-and-so, and we've recommended that she come by and see you. Um, sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. Um, but they do. We have a really good working partnership with the police. Our street ministry is actually... Um, we do that in conjunction with the police. We go out with an officer in an undercover car, which is kind of a misnomer because the girls all know what car it is right. anyway. But um, it makes us a little more approachable than we would be if we were in a patrol car. Uh, but an officer goes out with us on the street in the street ministry when we go out once a week to deliver the food. So what's been really neat is um, for the police, even they'll tell you that um, the girls are much more trusting and approach approach them more than they would have in the beginning um, because they were very distrusted, mm-hmm. and mistrusted. Um, but now they kind of the, if they have a problem on the street, they will go and talk to an officer, uh, which didn't happen four years ago. Right. In and the just- most part. I know it's difficult for them, like a, a few of the, the firefighters that I talk mm-hmm. to that are connected with you yeah. all, they call themselves Natalie's brothers. Yeah. And normally, <laughs> like, men aren't even allowed in your facility because That's these women correct. have been so abused right. by, in many cases, right. men. We, we actually have a curtain we pull if men are, it's kind of like yeah. when you lived in school and they were like, men on the dorm or men on yeah. the floor or whatever they said. Um, we, if we have men come in for... Um, repairs or anything like that we block it off and we always tell the ladies there's someone coming in but you're talking about patrick branham with mm-hmm. community paramedicine yes. he is natalie's brother um he's phenomenal he'll he comes whenever he can to try to help us and i call him the sister whisperer because Aww. a lot of women won't go to the hospital or won't go to the doctor but if he comes in and talks to them and explains what they're going through and why they need to see a doctor nine times out of ten they'll hop in the in, on the bus, or we'll get them to the hospital somehow, and they'll go. Oh, he's awesome. I mean, I can totally see how, mm-hmm. how he, he, could, he yeah. could do that. His is. whole team is great, but yeah. for some reason, he's just got that sister whisper personality. Some people do. Yeah. And, and like I said, just to have a male not take advantage of them and right. show them that men are capable of, yeah. of g- pr- giving love with no expectations. Mm-hmm. And they're always shocked. Yeah. They're always shocked that they'll yeah. just sit and chat with them and, and care about them for no reason at all. Yeah. Just say, he's just there to help, and that's mm-hmm. it. And that's, they don't expect they're that. so used to somebody mm-hmm. trying to get a transaction out of them. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It just sounds like there's a, a team, and there's just this kind of network that most of us aren't even aware of. Exactly, that, yeah. You know, we, have, uh, we have over 150 women that are working with us that from, I think, 72 different churches. Wow. In Lexington, so... 
I mean, that's an informal because it's right. real hard to get people to respond Changes, to, yeah. to that. But um, I think it's about 72 churches. What what ages do you all see as far as, as the women that you all work with? Because, I mean, like I said, we covered a story the other day where there was a mm-hmm. – all, uh, all police would say was that she was a juvenile. So we know that mm-hmm. she was under, under 18. 18. Right. Um, we don't typically see women under 18 in our facility because that's automatically – if anybody's under 18, they've been involved in any kind of commercial sex transaction, that's automatically sex trafficking. Yeah. So that is referred immediately to the police or to the FBI, depending on um, what the situation is. Um, I'd say the women we work with in the clubs, because there is uh, – you can work in at least one club in Lexington at 18, uh, from 18 to probably 40 in the clubs um, – on the street, I would say it's more like twenty to fifty-five. Okay. But and and the but the women you talked to, I mean, do they say for them it started pretty? It young? started younger. Yes, yeah. almost all of them will tell you it started much younger. Yeah. Mm. Now I think people you mentioned you've listened to a few of our podcasts, mm-hmm. which is new. You know what I mean? She's <laughs> yes. we've, we've converted her. It's maybe new. It's new for me. I'm not typically a podcast listener, but I am now. Yes, and she was worried coming in because most of our podcasts are lighthearted, and I was like, I just I love yeah. that we're talking to you today, and yeah. just yeah, this is kind of our first serious discussion, but I'm glad we're having. Yeah. It. I think I think it's something a lot of people aren't aware of is happening in Lexington. I was I fell in love instantly with mm-hmm. it. Just the church ladies, like it's so, mm-hmm. and just. This community of women that have never been shown love, right? That you all and when you come do down that. and feel you feel the you feel the love when you come to the house. Oh, you do. Yeah. It's palpable, no yeah. doubt about it. And I think people are going to want to help you, hopefully, mm-hmm. when they hear this. So, you know, I came in this morning and I was like, I have a bunch of clothes. I don't know what you need because you obviously if people bring in a ton of stuff. You can't right. take everything, but. Right. And we do so, ask the people are, are specific about the clothes they bring because we mm-hmm. have a really limited storage space. Right, which is understandable. Yeah. But yeah. What, what what can people do? What do you need? Well, there's lots of different ways. There's plenty of opportunity for anybody that wants to get involved. For those who just want to help out by collecting items or dropping off stuff, um, we ask for groups to make toiletry kits mm-hmm. because we distribute those weekly. Snack bags, and we can give them specific direction on that because the girls take home a snack bag every night when they leave. So they get breakfast and lunch and a snack bag, so really three meals a day. If they're there all day. Um, we collect leggings, long sleeve t-shirts, socks, um, and those can all be gently used mm-hmm. as well as tennis shoes can be gently used. Um, and also new underwear. And folks can get with us, get that information and make clothing bags up or they can drop those items off separately and we'll, we'll put those together. Um, they can put together a team to make sack lunches or cook a hot meal. We've served 25 women every day and that's all donated food. Uh, they can join a club food team and cook a hot dish once a month as part of a team. Um, they can put together a team of four, four to six people to clean the drop-in center and organize clothing closet about mm-hmm. once a month or once a quarter if they like. We always have light yard work to do. And then we have folks that just write letters of encouragement to our ladies that are in jail as well. Or cards to give out at the drop-in center. Ladies come in and they look for their card every day. Oh, my gosh. And some of them carry them, you know, because they're homeless, most of them. And they'll have a backpack or a bag they carry, and you'll see they've got 25, 30 cards they're carrying. Oh, wow. Um, just because that's they love them. That is incredible. Yeah. Especially Some, the cards kids make. They love those. Oh, my gosh. Something yeah. so simple. Mm-hmm. And something so I think simple. a lot of us yeah, would take for granted, just somebody reaching out like that. Yeah. All right. And I, I also loved, I think part of the reason I fell in love with it is it gives a lot of women, you know, who are retired, like, mm-hmm. it's like they need, it, they need a purpose. Right. And this right. gives them purpose mm-hmm. again and, and, and people mm-hmm. to love and a, a right. wider community. Yeah. So I just yeah, our volunteers run the gamut. We've got some probably – we have to be 21 to serve hands-on. But we have kids, you know, obviously kids who help with lunches. Mm-hmm. And there's homeschool groups that put together lunches and make cards. But um, we had our, our very um, most wonderful 
volunteer who passed away a few years ago. His name was Lorraine. Yes. And she worked in the clubs. Uh, she did not have the opportunity to work at the drop-in center. She passed before that. She was in her 80s. And the women absolutely adored her. Yeah. Um, and she would, uh, this little grandmother, and she was a little grandmother, white hair, um, little grandmother type. And she was a church lady. And she would go in and she'd say, I'm going to the clubs tonight. And got all oh, dressed and, and her family would send her off. And now, she was one of the most popular ladies we had visiting. Didn't she have like a necklace that she would wear? She did. I, I don't know the specifics of it. Anna could tell you about that. But Okay. Yeah. 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 I heard a story about an, an interesting yeah. necklace that probably you wouldn't guess <laughs> yeah. that a church lady would wear. But yeah. it was a good conversation starter. Yes. We'll just say yeah, that. And say it, it, it helped her. Yeah. yeah. Especially you talk about, you know, a lot, a lot of people sometimes come from, from broken homes or just don't have family. So to have somebody like a grandmother type figure come oh, in, yeah. somebody that you yeah. can, you know, connect to. I yeah. see why she'd be popular. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was. I yeah. love it. Awesome. All right. If people want any more information, um, how do they get in touch with you? I know Facebook always. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got one. Facebook is a great way to get uh, to stay in touch with us because we update it probably twice a day. Uh, so we're at Natalie's Sisters. That's two S's in the middle. Um, you can contact us at 859-533-5946, or you can drop us an email at Janie at Natalie's Sisters.org. Again, that has two S's in the middle. And we also are on, we have a webpage as well that's active. One of the things we always see um, during big events, especially the Derby, they always talk about, you know, Mm -hmm. trafficking kind of going up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is there anything that if somebody's out and they see something kind of out of place that, that, it's kind of a sign or, I mean, that you all... Yeah, there, actually, there are actually some warning signs, and we ha- we'll post those on our uh, website because there's a big long list. Mm-hmm. Um, but Polaris uh, is an active traffic anti-trafficking group that has a good li- long list. But it, basically, if somebody looks like they're not in control of themselves, yeah. they don't have their ID, they don't, somebody else is answering questions for them, um, there, there's a lot of really specific things that we'll go ahead and post that today okay. so that folks can look for that. I'll try to put that on our Facebook as well. And that's one of the things that we had, um, that story we were doing the other day, one of the motel clerks had, had mentioned how they kind of had a little bit of training mm-hmm. to look out for that kind of stuff. And, and there's something. plenty of people. We can put people in touch with groups that will train for that. If your business or organization wants to um, know what those signs are and, and learn how to, to spot it and what to do in those cases, we can put you in touch with folks who do training specific to that. Well, we appreciate you for doing something that I know a lot of people would probably be afraid to even broach this subject, but you do it really well and just with so much love. We love it. We're we're grateful to be able to do it. And we thank you you all for getting the word out during uh, National Human Trafficking Awareness Month so that, like you said, people don't realize it's even happening in Lexington, and it's here. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us today. Sure. All right, Andrea, I know you like that. That was a really good talk. It was, and it's been interesting. I, I didn't realize that I had a connection to Natalie's sisters until I went home and I was talking to my mom about oh, there's this awesome organization, these church ladies go into the strip clubs. I was like, I can't imagine yeah. that, that site. And my mom goes, well, your aunt Gracia's a church lady. I was like, what? She's like, she used to cook meals for them. Cause um, you know, she goes yeah. to Southland Christian church and is part of the women's ministry. So I had no idea. And Janie knew my aunt Gracia and just, I was like, I wish you'd told me about it sooner. <laughs> so we're trying to kind of do that for other people. Like just let you know that this exists and, if you can help, maybe consider it. Yeah. And then I also learned talking to her that she literally grew up across the street from my house. It's been a lot of time in, in your yeah. upstairs. In my house, yeah. She talked about <laughs> how she, you know, in the the upstairs that I spent a week pulling carpet out of. She, I guess, played in there as a child. So, uh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a, a small, small world. world. Jinx. All right. You but I coat. do think, like, yeah, that's also kind of like, yeah, it is a small world. And 
guess what? It's small enough that this is happening where you live. Like, you may know some of the people involved in this, yeah. but don't realize it. Yeah. So just have compassion. Exactly. And then, so that's the thing. That it's just awesome that there's an organization out there willing to help people if they need it. I love it. I love yeah. it. All right. Uh, Andrea, um, I'm going to get into my favorite thing real quick. You go ahead. Um, apparently, this press release actually came out in um, maybe June of last year, but I just saw it. And it's still relevant because it, it doesn't happen until later this year, fall of 2020. Micro machines are coming back. The tiny little cars. What? You remember the Micro Machine Man, the commercial? He talked real fast. No. You don't remember Micro Machines? They were like tiny little bitty I don't remember matchbox this at all. type cars. I had so many of them. And Maybe so, my brother um, will know. I'll have to. I'll have to do some research on this. And one. Uh, you know, Vera, she likes playing with cars, so I, I may. I may get her some whenever they come back out in 2020. And I say get her some, but really, it's going to be. Get That's me why some. you can't get rid of everything, or uh, can't get rid of anything. Everything comes I, back around. Because it all comes back around. Yes. Well, as busted up as my micro machines were, it's probably a good thing to get rid of them. We talked about Eastern Kentucky hoarders. I'm like, I get it. Yeah. You know what? They're going to have things that you wish you had. <laughs> <laughs> if you need something, they're the ones to call. You know what? You can always go back out and buy a it again. A little healthy hoarding. A little, well, I no, support I'm, that. I'm still, we're still, we're still in the middle of cleaning everything out. So that's going all right. So that's my favorite thing this week, even though they don't come out until fall of 2020. Uh, micro machines. All right, well, I have an honorable mention that you actually brought my attention to. There's going to be a sale of Anita Madden clothing mm, happening yes. on Friday. Not sure when this is going to drop, but Friday the Thursday, 24th. So, yeah. yeah, so tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. Pops, Pops resale? Yes. I'm a big fan of Pops anyway. I go in there occasionally this check out video games and stuff. This may have been a mistake. I don't want to tell people that this is happening because <laughs> I don't want competition, but... I just want something. She is definitely your your vibe. If you, if, oh, you, if you didn't know Anita Madden, she was um, involved in the horse world, like the horse industry. Her family, they you know, um, and she was just glamour and uh, known for outlandish. Her she had these she's ma- these massive derby parties. Celebrities would come. News would, we would we, they would be covered. I've seen video from the eighties. Dave Baker has talked about stuff that he can't talk about from those parties. Right. Um, just uh, craziness. And yeah, and she was always just in the middle of it all. This just beautiful blonde lady who. I think everyone just loved her. It was also generous. They gave a lot of money to a oh, lot yeah. of good, good causes around town. So, you mm-hmm. know, kind of the legend of Anita Madden. And so now that part of her uh, wardrobe uh, is being sold off for charity. And that's the other thing. A lot, you know, exactly. the proceeds are going to charity. So I don't have to feel bad, right? No, exactly. You can, you can say this is this is for charity. Right. But I, I'm like, I probably can't afford one of her dresses or anything like that. And I am curious what size she was. I thought she was tiny. I might, she might she looked even, tiny. I probably wouldn't fit into th- most I, of her I, clothing. I think you're going to be all right. But I wouldn't want to wear it. It's almost like you'd set that up on a mannequin and just have it on display. But, but like, looking if at I some of these a, tags, these look like just like jeans and shirts and just yeah. normal everyday stuff. That you, I just want like a scarf. Or some earrings and just be like, this was Anita. I just need you to come in and let me know and be like, this was Anita's. Oh, I'm going to. I just want a piece. I just want a piece, something, a part of her, because I just love her. She's like the local Dolly Parton. Yeah, yeah, no, that that is a very good. (laughs) She's the Dolly Parton of Lexington, and I adore her. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good comparison, I think. Okay, so that was my honorable mention. Probably is my favorite thing, but my other favorite thing is hot water, because my hot water in my shower was broken. Oh. Thought that I broke my hot water heater. I just needed a new one or whatever. Had that replaced. Turns out I had to have everything rewired because it was in my house wrong and didn't pass code. So I was like, oh, well, that's fun. (laughs) Um, So spent about $1,200 on that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Take a shower the next day, assuming it's going to work. Nope. Still goes cold. Why? 
that's the water heater was not the problem. So I bought a hot oh. water heater for no reason. Oh, that hurts. And once they've already yeah. installed it, I mean, they can't really like. Oh, like, what are they gonna do? Bring yeah. me back the old one? Exactly. No. But uh, the guy ended up coming back, and it was just this one little piece that needed to be replaced in the shower, and. So that was a heartbreaker. But the one consolation, I'm like, well, okay. the the wiring had to be fixed anyway, no yeah. matter what. So it's like I just got that taken care of without realizing I needed to. And probably if I was in the moving process eventually, like that would be just one less thing to worry about. So That's true. If you ever sell it, at least you know that's taken care of. I mean, a new hot water heater is a good selling feature too. So, oh, but it hurt. It hurt. But hot water is such a beautiful thing. Being able to take a shower... I, I convinced myself I had MRSA or like some kind of staph infection because I had a bump on my back and I was like, this is it. It's because I'm filthy and I haven't showered. Because <laughs> it's been out for a while. And it's not that it's out. I've just had to like, it start. It would start out hot and then get cold before really I was quick. done. Yeah. And I wasn't taking long, luxurious showers or anything. It was an average shower. But um, but yeah, it would get cold by the end every time. Our hot water heater, I think at this point, is maybe five or six years old. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I remember I was up, I was playing video games late one night, and I hear a drip, and I couldn't figure out where it was coming from, and then, and this was, I don't know, probably one in the morning, and so then I'd turn off the video game, and I'm, you know, walking around to figure out, and I realize it's coming from the bottom of the hot water heater, and I was like, no, so I turned off the water to it, and we ended up draining it out, and we had to replace it, but I, I, I told Mandy, I said, you know, if I hadn't been up playing video games real late one night, we wouldn't have known until the next morning, yeah, it would have flooded the whole place. Well... Like, hmm. Yeah, home ownership's fun, isn't it? It's not at all. It's not what it, all it's cracked up to be at all. Ugh. And it's like the hot water heater itself was much cheaper than the the whole like the redoing labor? the system. Yeah. yeah, that was the part that was so expensive. I mean, the water heater wasn't cheap by any means, but yeah, we've, <sighs> we've got some, we've got some more work to do. But um, you know, things are going Man. Right. Oh, that hurt. That hurt. Yeah. Well, um, anything else going on, Andrew? Anything? We got the boat show coming up. Oh yeah, and you're still mad at me. Whatever. I'm I'm over it. You know what? Adam signed you're up. You're with Adam Berniston. I'm no I was longer like, by that's myself. Good. That's and right. People, that's people like come a out. Reunion. See the you beard bros. The, exactly. The morning weekends together. We and to hang out as much. Well, I, actually, we're desk buddies, so we actually hang out. That's you know, true. That's <laughs> true. Every, every other day. So. Well, this is still a longer longer uh, period of time, I guess, than normally. Yeah, this will be fun. People come up and take pictures and actually go, "Oh, you're so tall, to Adam," because that's what he gets. He a lot is of. very tall. It's almost like you and Daniel DeRocher. Like when you two are together, the zaddies. You and Adam are going to be the zaddy booth. All right, yeah. So um, you know, come out. <laughs> Feel free to take a picture uh, with Adam and myself on Saturday. I think the eighth is that when it is. What the weekend of the Why boat would show? You do this to me. The weekend of the boat show, and you know, you can also if you stick around, then you can see Andrea and Jim Caldwell because they're going to be there together. I think you're after us, aren't you? No, I'm before you. Oh, Trust before. me, I know. All right, well, we're, we'll overlap, and I'm sure I'll get heat all over again. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, uh, I hope you all enjoyed this conversation. Uh, yeah, it was a serious one, but I think it was a good one, and I think it's the kind of thing that uh, more people need to be aware is happening around them. I agree, I agree. We may do a few more of these to shed light on good organizations. Yeah, all right, bye, everybody. Bye.